Welcome to the Different Skill Notebook. My name is Anna and Selma, and I am the host of the podcast. And today we're going to do something a little different. I have one of my uh, colleagues, uh, Samantha Salver from the Social Mind Center, and she is a licensed um, social worker, a clinical social worker. So today we're going to discuss consistency as it applies to social emotional learning in the home and how can consistency help you um, increase social emotional learning in your home. So Sam, tell me how, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, This is the first time I have a team member from the Social Mind Center on the podcast. I'm very excited. Um, So I'm really excited that you're here to tell us, tell me why you think um, social emotional learning, I mean, consistency is so important um, in the home, especially to help kids increase their social emotional skills. Consistency has a lot of parts that it plays within the home. And I think consistency while at home is harder to create because we've relied on outside sources for so much of our life, whether it was work for our parents or school for the kids or after school programs or summer camp. Absolutely. They created structure for us. And there was only so many hours in the day where they had you know, morning routine, afternoon routine, night routine, homework, dinner, go to sleep, go back to school. So consistency um, is going to help our kids learn how to become more independent as well as more flexible. And for our parents, it'll help them role model the reactions, the behaviors, the Uh, struggles and challenges that they have um, within their own life and within their life with their children um, that just directly affects how their kids are going to remember or act, whether they remember it, um, retrieve that information or not. Definitely. I mean, that, I think when initially you said you wanted to talk about consistency, I was like, hmm, And I didn't realize that, you know, we look at consistency sometimes. I would just repeat the same thing over and over again. But we didn't I didn't think about how many components of your life it impacts when you're not consistent. Right. When it comes to teaching your kids um, appropriate behavior, manners, good habits, study skills, um, you know, self-management skills like organizing their room or, you know, uh, being healthy, exercising. I mean, then you, you start to look at all the different habits that we should have for a healthy living. And mm-hmm. then you can see how inconsistency um, can sabotage like healthy eating. And so what would you say, um, let's give our audience some strategies to build consistency. So what would you say um, would be Um, Let's give them at least three strategies. What would you say is an important first foundational strategy for building consistency in your home? I think a good place to start with consistency is routine. And I think that's the first thing that comes to people's mind when they think of consistency um, is a morning routine, afternoon routine, uh, the routine they have for school or for after school activities, as well as how they interact with their family. Do they have family dinner every night? Do they get tucked in? Um, are they responsible for showing you their completed homework? 
And so starting to build a routine, a visual routine with every expectation um, for that moment or for that time of the day, I think is a really important way to show what consistency looks like. Um, And this could be hygiene. This could be uh, learning. This could be family time, you know, sharing social, emotional stories with each other, struggles, good times, bad times. Um, but a routine, I think, is the first strategy I think families could start with. And it doesn't have to be an all-day r- a routine. It could You could start with a morning schedule that has right. a few things and then add an afternoon schedule and a bedtime schedule slowly um, and wait until they've mastered a short routine before you add in um, more things to add to that consistency. Yeah. Keep it simple, but, but, and also too, the thing I would add was, cause this is something I tell my parents all the time. Every family's different. Every family's different and every family dynamic is super different. Like some mm-hmm. kids have an at-home mom, their mom doesn't work. Some kids have a working mom, a professional mom, or both parents work outside the home. So the routine has to be able to be manageable considering the expectations that you have in your life as a parent, right? Because you can't be adopting other people's routines because that, that doesn't work for you, right? And, and I know my kids, they always went to bed later than, than kids. Like I know families that their kids went to bed super early and our kids went to bed later because my husband wanted to spend a lot of time with them when he got home. So he wanted it to be dinner and he wanted, so they, they always went to bed like an hour later than most kids did. Right. So you have to adapt it to your family and what works for your family. And I think what works for you as a parent, like something may not work for you. Some routines may be too complicated and you need to simplify it. Right. So you kind of have to give yourself permission for that. I'm glad that you said that because a lot of people will assume that the same things that went in their routine as a kid has to go into uh, their routine with them and their families. But like the example you said, it's family dinner. Not everyone has family dinner anymore. Um, Sometimes one kid's at piano lessons, the other one's at dance lessons, or someone has homework going too late and the other part of the family wants to eat. If dinner time isn't in your routine, then don't add it to your routine and don't make that an expectation. Um, Definitely, this is a time to reflect on yourself. What routine do you have? What routine can you model for your kids? And what part of your routine do you need to model having a struggle with? And use strategies and show your children that you need to use strategies when you have a struggle with something uh, that is expected of you. And it's okay to show that struggle. Right, right. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. And what, what would you say is the second runner up to routine? After building a routine, I think consequences and predetermined consequences where the kids over the age of five or four or five, once they have um, communication and language, they should have some input on what consequences look like. Because sometimes um, their rationale is different than yours. What what they think is a punishment might be smaller or bigger than you had That's as a, a kid. Point. Yeah. And so what's reinforcing to them, it might not be what you had in mind. So having them part of your predetermined consequences for good and bad, reward them for good, you know, 
finishing their homework on time without prompting or, you know, asking mom if she needs help setting up for dinner or doing an extra chore. Those also should be have consequences, but positive consequences as well as negative um, behaviors. But they need to be predetermined. And I know we no family has time to write down every wrong behavior that every child might have in their whole entire life, but take it on as it comes. Your kid is going to show the same behavior often and only every once in a while will they veer into something new, but wait until it happens to talk about it and don't overreact to that different unexpected behavior in a way that you wouldn't want your kids to react to unexpected behaviors. True. Very true. That is a good that is a good and and having and I think it's also important to con, to always reiterate the connection, have the conversation like you made a poor choice, and why is this a poor choice, and what what is a better choice, mm-hmm. and then all choices have consequences. And like I use choices and consequences with my kids because I thought it's such a big picture, right? We all have consequences to the choices we make in life overall, so it's good to start early with with that, right? If, if you, if you have way too many cookies and you overdose all the time on sweets, you're going to gain weight. That's a consequence, right? And it, and it brings back to personal responsibility. Like, and I think it's easy to do and explain, also explore with them, you know, what could be a better choice next time? You know, why did you make this poor choice and how could we do things differently next time? So there's learning involved and it's not just, punishment, 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 there should be learning and a, and a lot and li- different kids. I agree with you. Different kids learn differently and some punishments, some kids d- don't impact them. So that's why it really is a choice and a consequence and finding out what the consequence that's effective for your child so that they can make that connection. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is a, is, is a third, um, a third strategy before I go on to the third, I want, I, you said something that triggered another, another thought for me is the choices. Consequences and choices can go hand in hand so often because the choice we make determines the consequence we have. Um, and when we're reacting to our kids or students or for me, uh, my clients, how we react to talking about consequences and our tone of voice, our facial expressions and the word we use, the words we use to talk to them about it. When they make a mistake with homework or something's really hard with academically, you know, they might feel like they're stupid or something. Mm -hmm. So to have that conversation with some things are hard, these feelings will pass. And what can we do next time when we have these same feelings? Because this isn't going to stop. Things will always be hard for you throughout life. Um, And so talking about those choices, revisiting the conversation about what to do next time, and the consistency of talking about what to do next time and how to be better is one consistency that I think is most important for parents to realize is they're reaction consistency are they always overreacting are they always yelling are they always you know making their child or student feel like they are their mistakes that's a those are consistencies that we need to um, reflect on ourselves 
and then um, portray those consistencies, how we reprimand and communicate for, about consequences, whether they be Absolutely. natural consequences, like you said, or um, consequences that we give to help motivate um, our kids. I think it's also important, like you mentioned too, is sharing um, things that are difficult for you as a parent, like your struggles, like you struggle with certain things and that you're trying to be better at this. And, um, and I think that makes things more real for children. And then it makes them have an expectation that not everyone's perfect and not everyone does things correctly. Everyone makes mistakes. And it's not whether you make a mistake or you made a poor choice or not. It's how you react afterwards, right? And it just makes it a more positive social, emotional learning environment for your child. And it's not always driven by punishment and consequences to poor behavior because you don't want your children to become afraid of making mistakes because we all make mistakes and we learn from our mistakes. So you want to have an environment that is allowing and permissive to some extent of making mistakes. If not, because you don't want your children to live in fear of consequences. That's not uh, a healthy social, emotional learning environment. And what would you say is the third strategy? The third strategy for consistency is building boundaries. Um, although we're talking about our families at home and families have a unique set of boundaries, being able to, to discuss those and uphold those will um, help teach self-regulation, social emotional skills, executive functioning skills, and also a lot of flexibility. When um, Anna and I were talking earlier, we were talking about saying no. You know, the simple act of saying no and creating that boundary will teach your kids that they can say no sometimes too. Um, sometimes too much is asked of us or um, too personal or getting spread too thin. We need to have boundaries to keep our own lifestyles healthy. Yes. And um, yes. Yeah. And yeah, those will I think also too, off. like, I think, and this can take us into building, like how do you build these strategies in your home? I think these are all things you have to think about ahead of time, right, Sam? Like you need to think about if I want a routine in my home, what would I want it to look like? And then is that realistic? And then start slow, like you said, with the morning routine or, or maybe start with the, the time of day in your home that you feel is the most chaotic. Like, like I've talked to so many parents and they thought, oh, getting ready in the morning is such a big deal for us. Like, it's so hard for us. So maybe that's the area that you should focus on. Like, how can you improve the morning routine so everybody gets out the door, you know, uh, on time with less stress? And also to um, thinking about the boundaries and thinking about the expectations for behavior that you have for your children ahead of time. And I know an example in our home when my kids were very little, which I think parents that are listening that are have young children are like, oh, that that's like a nightmare expectation. But my husband's expectation was that we would always go as a family. It's very important to him to go out to dinner. And he always wanted um, to go out to dinner with my two kids and he wanted to take them everywhere. And so I knew that that was a big deal to him. So we had um, we worked a lot on that. We, we were intentional about it. We 
we always had them sitting in the table. We always used booster chairs that would be on an actual adult chair so they could feel part of the table and they weren't like in a separate high chair. They were part of, and, and we really, really put a lot of effort into that because it was important to us. Like we wanted them to have meals with us. So um, we started early with that when they were babies, putting them in the table and, and making sure that the table was their seat and it, they didn't have a separate tray or anything like that so that they could get used to that. And I think that you need to think about ahead of time and talk to your spouse as a family um, or your partner on what's important to us. What, what do we want our life to look like? Because sometimes I think we all get dragged into, okay, I definitely didn't want dinner time to look like this. I didn't want to see food flying everywhere, but we didn't think about it ahead of time, right? So I think it's about establishing you know, a communication in your family and won't sit down for dinner, but on the weekends we will, because maybe your schedule doesn't allow for that. Or maybe one of, one of your, the family members travels a lot, the dad or the mom, you know, so it's being realistic, but thinking it through so you don't get caught off guard. And I think the same is for boundaries. Like you said something so important that when we're kids, we bring a lot of our childhood and our experience as children to our home. And um, I can say this jokingly, I mean, it probably wasn't funny when I was growing up, but my mom was kind of a tyrant. She was, in fact, that was her nickname for my family, that she was a tyrant. They gave her the name of an actual tyrant in Cuba. He was a general. It was, and I knew that I wanted to have boundaries for my kids, but I didn't want my kids to live under oppressive rule like that. Like they always had to be on. So I, I changed that a lot in my home. There's a lot of things that I didn't put an expectation on because I didn't think was important. So I think it's important to revisit too as a parent, like where do my expectations come from? Are those from my parents or are those what I really want for my child or what I think is important? And also to what's relevant to 2020, you know? (laughs) Like so many of the rules that I grew up with are like, there's so many that I value in our tradition and then some of them that are not applicable anymore or they're not as important or kids are just different. It's a different time, right? So I think that's important too because I do think parents have a lot of um, unexpected pressure on themselves. I think parents put a lot of stress and pressure on themselves and sometimes they could release that pressure by editing their expectations a little bit and, try, and trying to think about, oh, are those my expectations or are those grandma's expectations, <laughs> right? Um, so I think it, it, like one of those examples is my mom, I was never allowed to wear like flip-flops out. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that is so out. Flip-flops are everywhere. Flip-flops are a fashion statement. My mom's like, that's ridiculous how vulgar, how informal guess what? It's flip-flop kingdom down here in Florida, right? So um, I don't know if you wanted to add anything else about building, uh, how they can build um, these three strategies into their everyday life incrementally. Well, I did want to caution a lot of stories that we've heard at the center. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm sure you've heard it too, is... Well, we tried for a couple of days and it didn't work. Oh, yeah. And I want to caution that because it won't work the first couple of days. This is new for everyone. Um, 
the way that you implement the routine, the way that you prompt for the routine, the way that your child reacts to complying with the routine takes time. And there's nothing that you can try and be successful with quickly. None of these are quick fixes. None of these are going to work overnight. Um, These are just some tools to help you go in the right direction. Right. So, um, it takes like 60 days to build a new habit. So you have to look at it that way. A minimum of 60 days. I mean, I mean, a lot of different uh, professionals say 30, 60, 90, but if you think about it at a minimum, it's 30. So because you tried it two or three days, doesn't mean anything, right? Exactly. You you know, and you want to give it more time to see if it's just you that needs to get used to it, not the child. I think it's mm-hmm. new for everyone, but also too, um, you need to be trying it a little bit longer to tweak it, to change mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and be more methodical about it versus just changing things up all the time for the sake of changing them. Right, not just getting rid of the whole routine, but maybe tweaking it first. Oh, well, that was too many expectations for the morning. So I'm going to take off, you know, making your bed um, and picking out your clothes. And that's something maybe the parent can help with until the child can be successful doing that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Modeling. I mean, I think that's, we probably should have mentioned that, that sometimes for the younger, very young kids, modeling is important, showing them how to do it because they've never done it before. So you might want to show them how you want it done because they're, they don't know what that looks like or what it should look like. And, and I, and by that token, I, I think too, you can allow for them to give input because sometimes kids, they know themselves well and they know something different that may work for them. And you need to be open to that as well. You know, um, definitely. So. And I think my last point is if you are a family who has who is um, has made a habit out of yelling or having a power struggle between parent and child, a routine, a visual, a schedule can help eliminate some of that verbal communication that will um, able will will make you able to have a a directive without the verbal prompting. Yeah. And that can eliminate a lot of the um, the struggle between parent and child and can keep everyone more calm, whether it's you, you're trying to keep calm or your child that you're trying to help stay calm. Well, I think advance notice always helps for everyone. I mean, most people don't like to be surprised. And then some kids are very partial to that. So if you give advance notice you know, I think that you will of the expectations or um, I think another one that you wanted to mention was choices, giving kids choices. Like these are your two choices that also eliminates power struggles. Like mm-hmm. when you give advance notice, you know, I, I think kids are like, oh, that's what's going to be expected of me. So they are not surprised. Right. And if you give them choices, OK, you you might not be ready to start your homework right now. So these are two things you could do and you have five minutes and then that avoids uh, whether you should start getting your homework done now or not and the back and forth and the back and forth because some kids are more inflexible, you know, and so the choices work better for them to transition, you know, so 
That's great. I mean, we definitely covered more material than I thought we would. And normally at the end of every episode, we have an article. So we don't have an article for this yet because this was Sam's brilliant idea, consistency. And I'm glad I have people that I work with that are brilliant and have ideas. So it's not just my ideas because <laughs> I'm certainly not always full of them. And so we're going to put together some information on consistency. And I think we might end up having this being another more than one episode because we were both talking about how this is a challenge for a lot of people nowadays, because I think change is the new normal for our society, especially now that we're dealing with COVID, like we're not at school, we're going back to school, we're doing partial school, we're not doing partial school. (laughs) Um, So in, in a week's time, things change so much. So routines have to change and things have to change. So I think that's stressful. So I think we probably want to discuss that in a little bit more detail and, and discuss kind of what we're all going through now with COVID where, you know, there seems to be a new thing every day. (laughs) Right. A lack of consistency. (laughs) A lack of consistency. So how can you be consistent in an inconsistent, you know, inconsistent world, right? That's definitely Definitely. a challenge. So, so thanks for joining us. And I guess Oh, it's been a pleasure, and we will have you more on consistency. I can't Who wait. Here we could talk a bunch of episodes on consistency. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sam. 